Good evening, guys. Sorry this one's a little late. I had to make a few last-minute amendments, but all was well in the end, and so the Narcotics and Mental Health podcast was created. I had such a good, informal but informative chat with Luna. If any of the following mentioned in this podcast is something that you're going through or is affecting you, there will be links attached to my blog and social media, uh, specifically in relation to this podcast, and perhaps a few of what has been said may hopefully help someone out there that currently doesn't quite know what's going on in their noggin. And the perspective should inspire some intrigue into the topic as well, because it is a very large topic to discuss. Uh, Neither of us are experts in the field, just to point out. uh, We're just two young people that have been affected by mental health and a simple discussion of perspectives based on our life experience. Um, If you happen to know a bit more, please feel free to join the discussion. It would be much appreciated. So, hi. How are you doing? Hey. (laughs) (laughs) The question you've asked me about 50 million times already. (laughs) That's not what I'm supposed to be asking you right now. But I feel like it's really weird doing this because it it feels like I should be in like a semi-professional setting. (laughs) But then it's like, but I just want to chat to you about so much stuff. So it's like, I don't know. I'm just going to do usual nap vibes with you. I'm not going to be all like interviewee about it no good don't no no don't um also professionals use skype yeah they do so you're profesh profesh being proper profesh yeah so i wanted (laughs) okay so let's let's start actually talking about this now so this thought kind of came about because i i'm not like i'm not a psychologist like I don't know very much about psychology I never studied it at school or anything but I'd always felt like there was a connection between narcotics and mental health like especially when Mm -hmm. um people say like you know you'd always get that those adverts like Frank and whatever saying that like weed causes like mega anxiety and stuff and whatever and I'd it's one of those things that you hear and see on the TV when you've got that random bloke in the corner, like, shivering and, and stuff and, like, eating crisps. And then you don't really know, like, how much of it is true or not and, like, the the actual opinions of people and what, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's... In terms of, men- I think obviously, yeah, narcotics do affect mental health, but the extent to that depends on what what narcotics you're thinking of. So, if we take like weed for example, th- well, to be honest, actually, mm-hmm. I would say that most drugs have a different effect on different people. Like, so for example, one person who smokes weed might have a really great time and all the time, and even if they smoke repetitively, like my boyfriend, for example, he he can smoke <laughs> as much weed as he wants. He doesn't have yeah, any negative no. <laughs> effects except maybe laziness, yeah. but. That's not, I mean, that's not awful. <laughs> it, it, do you know what I mean? It's not, it doesn't affect his mental health. However, with me, I I was fine with it um, until I started smoking it every day. And after, like, what was it? About eight to ten months, maybe, I, it got to the point where I was really anxious. And mm-hmm. But because I enjoyed smoking it so much, I kind of, tried to keep putting that to the side and being like oh no you are fine you're fine but then it reached breaking point at one point for me and um and I yeah I I was just I was just shivering in my skin it was 
and I, I don't know, I don't know why that it affected me in that way particularly, but I sometimes like to think it's because weed kind of brings, if you've got like a disposition, yeah. um, a mental health kind of disposition, then that kind of, the weed kind of brings that out in you. So, for example, like if with with young men, if they if you smoke weed at, at that age, a certain age range. Yeah then you're more likely to develop schizophrenia, especially if it's genetic. So, yeah, it, it really just depends on the person, but I guess you never know until you get to the point where it's too late. Because I know quite a lot of people that do take drugs, and I've I've got a really bizarre approach to it. I just kind of think, like, it's not bizarre. It's, you know, it, it's each to their own. Like, everyone just does whatever they want to do with their bodies, and if they enjoy it, they enjoy it. Like, I'm not going to turn around and be motherly to everyone and be like, no, you should not do this, because if you do that, it will lower your sperm count or anything like that. Like, I'm not going to go around people and say that, because it's their bodies. It's They do whatever they want to do. And if they're enjoying it, it's fine. As long as it's not to the point where they're, like, they're seriously, mm-hmm. like, hurt by what they're doing, like, or, like, overly addicted. I completely I've agree. known in myself that that's something that I've never wanted to even bother trying because of the fact that I've had all of this happen anyway. And I feel like if I were to ever take anything that I probably... I'd, like, even when it comes to alcohol, and, like, alcohol is entirely legal, if I've had, like, mm-hmm. a little bit too much alcohol sometimes like it can be it can be great and I could be having a great time but there have been so many occasions where it just brings out a really upset side of me like out like all of my mental health problems just come to the, like the forefront of my head mm. like naturally I don't know how I would be if I were to take narcotics but I feel like a very similar thing would happen and I guess I don't know so with mm-hmm. each narcotic I don't know, like, obviously, as you said, it affects people in, like, different ways depending on the person and if they're feeling like... Like, would you say a certain narcotic? Basically, I wrote my dissertation for my psychology undergraduate about um, shared social identity at music festivals. And, yeah, so... But the only... I only mentioned drugs very briefly in that, just to say that the... I mean, like, the taking of drugs can... Bring, can give people more of a sense of shared social identity if you have other people who you think can kind of partake in that activity but that, it was it wasn't really about that but his was a biochemistry so it's like it's actually to be honest it was about novel therapeutics and the treatment of depression that's interesting yeah because this is the thing as well like it's it's becoming more of a thing that at least I've seen talked about as to whether certain uh, narcotics help with mental illness rather than necessarily cause it. Mm, mm, yeah, definitely. And I, and I think that a lot of them can alleviate kind of mental distress. So, for example, ketamine is a really good example of that. It's told me all sorts of stuff about how it can help with depression and also other other drugs like psychedelics, so like shrooms, mm-hmm. acid, that kind of thing. To be honest, I, I can totally believe that as well because after I've after I've tripped, I always have this sense of like, I don't know, finding more meaning in life or just coming away feeling like I've gained some kind of insight. I don't know, just feeling more at peace with the world. I know that sounds really hippy-dippy and rubbish, <laughs> but but. No, seriously, there's been scientific research to kind of corroborate that, but I couldn't quote you any. 
I'm afraid. <laughs> no, that's fine. Like, you don't you don't have to quote me any. It's just a random discussion about life. But like, yeah, yeah. I'm very good at that. It's just it's <laughs> it's interesting how like there's this side to the whole debate between narcotics and mental health is massive because there's mm-hmm. so many things saying that narcotics are terrible for you because they cause all of these mental health issues. But then also there's the potential that narcotics can help mental health issues. But then as another addition to that are narcotics the effect of mental health issues so someone going through mental health issues potentially turning to narcotics that's i think that's highly possible but i don't think you have to be having you don't i don't think you have to have a mental health difficulty in order to turn to the drugs necessarily you you might just do it for leisure um Mm -hmm. but but i can i can see where the kind of trouble or the worry comes in because obviously it's a sim- similar with alcohol, I suppose. Somebody can enjoy alcohol as like a fun activity, you know, do go go on a night out, have a few drinks. But then somebody else who's going through a really difficult time might use alcohol as a vice, which is a completely different thing. Yeah, and a completely alcohol as a vice. Yeah, and I think yeah, drugs can be used in the same way. So it, yeah, it, it just really depends on the situation. I I don't think that every single person who uses drugs has a mental health problem. I agree. I think that you're more likely to abuse the drugs if you have I couldn't drink alcohol while I was on my medication because okay. you just they said that I had to not drink alcohol while I was on this medication and whatever um so I didn't so I stayed teetotal for like nearly a year and then proud um yeah that happened did we see well each done. other in this time <laughs> I don't think we did oh maybe we did I think we did maybe briefly so I went teetotal for like a year because I couldn't t- I couldn't drink alcohol with this medication and, and going out was just a bit weird for me at the time anyway. When I started drinking again, it was fine. Like I felt fine. Like I ha- I was in such a happy place. I started drinking when I first came back to Belgrade, like when I first came to Belgrade on my year abroad, and I just felt mm-hmm. like such a happier person and everything was sort of like fitting in properly again. But then mm-hmm. I noticed later on in the year abroad, like I was getting moments where I drink like a little bit too much. And then, like, I would just have these weird moments where my emotions would just go a bit crazy. And I'd get mega hangover anxiety as well. Like, I always, I now get mega hangover anxiety. So, like, if I've been out the night before and I've been drinking, um, and let's say I I have, like, a brief blackout of some moment of the night or whatever, or, like, I, you know, my memories are a bit fuzzy or whatever. Even if I know what I've done and I wake up, I, like, the whole day, like, my body is just incredibly anxious. Like, those are some of my most anxious moments is, like, after I've been drinking. So I feel Mm -hmm. like... And there are also times where I I know that I've drank alcohol, especially when I was, like, going through depression over Christmas. It was, like, I purposely drank alcohol and carried on drinking and drank more, almost to, like, oh, yeah, well, like effort you know like whatever I don't Mm. whatever happens at this point I'll just keep I'll just have another drink sort of thing like and then the reason I'm drinking isn't just for fun it's just it's purposely doing it to go and get drunk because I feel like I'm gonna enjoy the whole social scenario a bit more and then that's Mm. when it becomes bad and then that's when those horrible emotions come out 
Yeah, when you use it as a crutch. Yeah. That's when that's when it's dangerous. Um and yeah, I I think I've gone I have had like a similar period with well, type of thing happen with weird. Obviously, obviously it is different. But um I I was going I was going through a similarly really like nice time. I hadn't smoked weed in ages. I was really happy in myself like with all of my arrangements in life, just feeling quite content. And then I started smoking again. I was like, oh, well, this weed's probably not going to fuck me up now because I've got, you know, I'm quite chilled. I'll be fine. And then, yeah, it was fine for a bit. And then it it just, like, gradually just went down, 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 down again. And it happens every time, but Mm -hmm. somehow I just... (laughs) 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 But, like like I said, like, that's... If that's something that you enjoy, Mm. then whatever. It's only... It's only when it gets to the point where, as you said, becomes a crutch, that's when mm. you've kind of got to start thinking, okay, well, maybe I need to think about how I use this. That's it. I think I used to use weed as an excuse not to, like, go out and socialise, and that's what was exacerbating my anxiety. Because then when I did go out, it was like, oh, God, I'm not used to this at all. And then and then there was just that whole... Every time I thought about going out, I suppose, it would just... it would Yeah, it would just get harder the more I put it off. Because, I guess, due to lack of exposure... And then I guess the anxiety is rising as well in that time. So then when you do end up going into that moment, it's like, oh, crap, like, what's going on? Like, social anxiety. Exactly, exactly. Because obviously we talk, we've talked about alcohol and then, like, various narcotics and whatever. The thing that you need to consider as well is prescribed drugs. Because yeah. I was always really worried that I would end up addicted to my prescribed drugs which is why I ended up trying to get like through different self-help mechanisms anyway because it would it had been warned to me by the doctor that people can get addicted in terms of like my anxiety drugs that I was taking at the time can I ask which ones you're taking I was taking um propranolol Mm, yeah, I've got Pranolol. Yeah, Pranolol was great. It's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I bloody loved it. No, I still love it. I. Um, it was great because I remember not being able to sleep properly and I remember that first night of proper sleep that I got and I was just like, this stuff, like, it's fixed me. Like, I just couldn't believe it how amazing. after, like, a few days, like, my panic attacks during the night had just, like, flown away. It was really Sick. weird. But then I was like... Okay, I'm taking this drug three times a day, every day. That's a lot. Yeah, I'm going to try and wean myself off them. Like, I didn't ask, I didn't even ask my doctor if I could do this, but I got scared because I was on it so much. And I'd heard that people could get addicted to antidepressants and beta blockers and whatever else. So I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, if I'm going to get through this, then I need to do that rather than just say, well, I need tablets to stay normal. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you can become even if you're not physically addicted to the medicine, which I I don't I don't believe you can. You I don't think ugh, I don't believe you can become addicted to propranolol, but you can definitely become psychologically addicted to propranolol and there's always that danger. So it, yeah, it's, it's definitely good that you try to you try to stop doing that. Cuz cuz then it becomes habit and then it's part of your routine. Yeah. And as you say, it's better to find those coping mechanisms that you can use in your everyday life rather than rely on something, I don't know, chemical perhaps. Yeah, so I kind of figured, okay, well, if there's the worry that you could get addicted to prescribed drugs, 
surely that's in a similar boat to whatever else like you could wind up addicted to anything if it comes to like you know your mental health and it's becoming better it's like if you say there was a narcotic in front of you and someone said this will make you feel a bit better and you take it you're gonna do it but it's the same like not even just as prescribed drugs or even alcohol but even with something as small as like exercise yeah definitely 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 Uh, and there are people who become addicted to having that kind of control over their lives if Mm -hmm. if you think about exercise for example yeah and and that kind of that again is almost a crutch for the anxiety or it's just it's just somewhere where you feel I don't know you you feel like you've got control over that part of your life but but really like you're not actually tackling the anxiety at hand mm-hmm. and I think I partly I partly do that with like organization mm-hmm. I get really really obsessed with having everything done to a certain time scale mm-hmm. things being in a certain place writing lists like the stupidest and most mundane things but I just I enjoy it because it gives me kind of clarity and like peace of mind Mm -hmm. but really actually probably causes me more anxiety in the long run because I'm constantly thinking okay what do I need to do next um Mm -hmm. oh I need to write that down shit I haven't written that down why is that there (laughs) oh dear Uh, (laughs) no it's it's not it's not really good but it's just these these things these things become something that you that you feel you can control more so than your actual mental state. Let's go back onto narcotics. Yeah. I don't I don't know enough about it to even say whether they do or not affect mental health. I I think that they certainly do, but the extent to which they do depends on how much you use them, what kind of your predisposing factors and your environment. Yeah. But um Oh, I think so. When you when we consider drugs like coke, for example, which has ha- has a high addiction potential, that's gonna affect your mental health a lot more. I've read quite a bit about about how this this addiction might manifest itself. So there's a theory that you might become more addicted to substances like coke if you don't have a connection to people in your life directly so you're kind of trying to make a connection with some other substance which I think is a really interesting way of looking at it because then if you think about people who are addicted to drugs and are kind of looked down upon it's like well no it's it's not necessarily their fault maybe they just don't have that support network there or they don't know how to communicate how they're feeling or that they need somebody there for them i feel like there's a lot of negativity drawn towards people that are that do take drugs it's seen as like a bad like a bad awful thing that they take drugs and yeah like to whatever opinion is whose ever opinion like some people think it is and some people think it isn't but it's almost it's criminalized it's like this per- person is a criminal because they take drugs it's that sort of mindset towards these people and it's never oh this person is one like just enjoying themselves or two actually needs help like it's ne- it, it's never seen as like a person needs help sort of way I feel at least anyone that is suffering with an addiction or like especially because this is the thing as well when you go to the doctors about your mental health one of the things they ask you is all about your food and your weight and then they'll always ask you are you taking any other narcotics as Mm -hmm. as if to say like there is a connection but at least in that sense you're gonna get the help Mm -hmm. whereas otherwise Mm -hmm. if you weren't gonna actually walk over to that doctors and say oh my mental health's really bad now i've noticed it's really bad now 
and then they ask you that's the only other time you find that sort of link or that anyone's gonna directly help that drug habit if that makes sense unless you're mm-hmm. just gonna put your hands up and admit okay i'm addicted to this drug but you don't realize any of the mm-hmm. side effects meant like mental health wise with it until it gets to the point where it's almost too late i don't yeah. know if that's yeah. right and i don't know if that's true but i that's that's how i feel the situation is Yeah, these people aren't being helped. I think you're partly right. From what I know, and I don't know that much to be honest. um, If you, if you've, if you've got like, if you're addicted to some kind of substance, then they're just gonna look at it as okay, they're addicted to this. Not they're addicted to this because of this, that, and the other. Or, well, most clinicians probably wouldn't look at it that deeply. Or I, I don't, to be honest, actually, I don't really know. They're trying to turn around the NHS by putting this recovery approach on and, like, they're trying to they're trying to emphasise the, the individual's choice in their treatment and get them to set their own goals in, in a way of their choosing, etc., etc. So, I don't know, the approach might have changed. So, I don't want to, I don't want to say... That, yeah. that's true because yeah. I, I don't think it is okay okay you've already you've already criminalized the person if if that person is like okay addicted to narcotics and going through like i don't know anxiety mm-hmm. as an example and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden everyone around them assumes they're a criminal because of everything that they've they're taking and what they're doing that ostracizes them even more to thinking exactly. like i'm this person that they don't want to be around Mm-hmm. then it mm-hmm. leads back into the whole okay I'll take drugs and then that will make me better or make me feel better or be a more sociable person in this certain way but then mm-hmm. it just goes round in complete circles exactly exactly these people shouldn't be treated as criminals they should be cre- treated as patients just how you would treat somebody with a physical illness Yeah, you should treat they, they've got a psychological illness Yeah, and that's not their fault and once you once you're in the throes of addiction it's so hard to come out of that and I think that should be appreciated and kind of valued more yeah and also I I learned something in my first year of psychology actually which has really stuck with me I'm not sure why exactly but um we were learning about how coke actually changes the structure of your of your brain when you take it Mm -hmm. so like you start off with a certain amount of addictive potential um and then the more you take coke the more you you kind of you kind of wear it that so so you become more likely to become addicted because yeah so you've got more of an addictive personality but then that is kind of indicative of like why some people when they take coke for the first time you know that's it addicted done and then other people they can take it a few times like once every two weeks or I don't know once every week even and they'll they'll be fine they can come off it easy peasy but then yeah if you if you take it repetitively over a certain amount of time your ability to become addicted kind of increases I still don't think it's impossible for people who are more likely to become addicted to not to give up I just it's just yeah it's harder but I don't think it's impossible it's not impossible they I just think that people who are in that kind of state need to find more meaningful connections with the world and with people yeah specifically with in like find a stronger social network yeah 
And would you say if people were in a stronger social network or had that positive social network, that if they were to take narcotics, the effect of the narcotics would would be slightly better as opposed to if their surroundings and social network weren't so good? Yeah, definitely. I definitely would. I definitely would say just because you've got a strong social network, there could other be other shit happening in your life. So obviously it's not the be all end all. You've got a great social network. You'll be fine. You, mm-hmm. That's not true. Yeah, you, you've obviously all of the other pieces have got fit into place that kind of that improve your mental health as well. Yeah. So I don't know, like, I don't know, having having hobbies, eating well, sleeping well, you know, the the normal things that that keep your mental health in check. But I think a strong social network is a huge has a huge part to play in yeah. your mental health personally. Massive. Um or it's helped me a lot anyway. For some yeah, massive, massive exactly. But I suppose some people are a little bit more withdrawn and prefer not to have that and that's fine as well. Would you say that if people were to say take narcotics they would need to make sure they had like a decent, you know, they were very good at managing their mental health, had this social circle, and then therefore, if they were to take narcotics, it would all be easier for them, or at least they weren't going to feel the negative effects of the narcotics. I agree. And obviously, when you're taking them to be in a comfortable environment, to want to do them, that's super important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't just do them because everyone else is doing no. them. And don't just... Don't just do them because, I don't know, you think it's cool. But, like, obviously, do your research. Like, some are obviously more safe than others. Mm -hmm. And some are actually more safe than alcohol, just saying. Yeah, (laughs) it's true, it's true. So are psychedelics. Yeah. And I think they've got huge potential for alleviating depression and anxiety. Do you reckon in time that narcotics would be accepted into, say, the NHS to treat mental health? Yeah, well, there's some research being done at the moment, I think mostly in America, to be honest, uh, and it's to do with MDMA-assisted therapy. Mm-hmm. So it's it's usually treating people who have PTSD, yeah. and what it helps them to do is to completely open up to the therapist and kind of be able to tackle those that trauma in the past that is maybe not as not as accessible to them when they're sober and kind of look at it from a different perspective a perspective of forgiving and a perspective of calm and love and happiness and i think that's so valuable because mm-hmm. a lot of people can can never can never open that box just because yeah it's difficult and that's completely understandable but it's great that we have some kind of tool to help people get to that and really delve in and explore mm-hmm hopefully work through it because yeah like you know people take alcohol because it makes them socially calmer like i know when i drink alcohol i feel like this is gonna make me feel a little bit better and open up a little bit more if i'm feeling shy especially people you know take it for those reasons so i can understand how it would be used in a environment where they'd give it to people with PTSD in order to open up to the therapist. Because, like, this is the thing with therapy, I was saying in the first podcast, that you only get out what you give in. Because this is the thing, like, for so long, I was just being, like, aggy with the therapist as soon as I'd go in and just, like, I'd not want to listen to her. And it's like, that's... I was coming out even more upset than I was going in. And I was thinking, why is this therapy not helping me? And it's like, well, now if you're going to start sitting there and thinking of all the reasons why you shouldn't talk to this therapist in your head the whole time, you're there 
you're not going to get helped. Like, you're not, if you, if you don't just open up about what's going on. It's hard to break that barrier, for, especially for people who have PTSD. Like, c- can you imagine? Yeah. Like, you've, you've had the most dramatic event of your life and it's affected the rest of your life. How are you going to speak about that to somebody that you hardly even know? I can't think of many other ways to make that possible unless you build a really strong therapeutic bonds that lasts for a long period of time. Or you have, I don't know, world-class therapist. And some people can't afford to pay for their therapy. And it takes a long time to be able to build that relationship with someone anyway, to be able to be comfortable with them. Like, people aren't always this open, like, at all. Like Some people have to wait months and months just to get the attention from the NHS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It took me flipping to properly Mm -hmm. get diagnosed that I was going through panic disorder. Like, there was a point where my doctor prescribed <laughs> prescribed me with... Um, she, she made me go out and get an inhaler because she was convinced I was asthmatic. And I told her, I was like, no, I'm not asthmatic. Like, I'm sure I'm not asthmatic. Like, I've never been asthmatic before. You're going to tell me at the age of, like, 19 that I'm asthmatic? And then it wasn't until I went to uni that my doctor at uni told me straight away. He was like, I think you've got, like, mega anxiety and panic disorder. No, but, like, this is what I'm saying. Like, it it takes ages yeah. to get diagnosed anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, Just with what's going on. Like, can you imagine? And also, by that point, you've probably lost faith in, in the whole yeah. healthcare system. You're probably just like, oh, fuck you guys. I can't even be bothered. Yeah, is anyone <laughs> going to actually you help seriously? me? Yeah, that's the thing. Because as soon as the doctors start questioning whether you're being serious about how you're feeling and what's going on... It makes you double think it as well, which I think might even be potentially what people that are addicted to narcotics go through. Like, can you imagine like going to a doctor's and then worrying if they're going to judge that you're some criminal? Like they're not going to get help, are they? A lot of doctors won't know where to refer you because they're like, okay, so you've got a mental health issue, but you've you're also addicted to substances. Let's just put you in the substances pile. Yeah. And that's what usually happens. So would you count addiction as part, like, almost a type of mental health problem? Or would you say that it's interlinked with mental health problems? I don't know if I've explained, asked that question properly. I think it makes sense. I just think it's a very, it's a tricky one to answer. I would say it's usually interlinked with a mental health problem. It's never on its own. You can definitely develop a mental health problem from drugs, like psychosis, for example. However, I think it's less likely unless you already have... It's it's less likely if you don't already have a disposition for that mental health problem. Mm-hmm. I think there are often people who don't know that they have these mental health problems until they become addicted yeah. to something. So yeah, it, it's a hard one to argue. And yeah. this is this is what I what I kind of have derived from my experience. For example, I've already given the example of me and weed, so I'll give you a different example. When my boyfriend had a had an addiction to coke, um he already had depression that kind of lasted throughout his his lifetime perhaps. Um but not not for any particular reason, probably just genetic. Mm-hmm. Um, because his life was pretty sweet, his parents are great, la la la. Um, but yeah, so when when he became addicted to coke, that was exacerbated completely by the drug. If yeah, I've, I don't think I've actually ever met anybody who I know on a personal level level who hasn't had the mental health problem before 
the addiction. Yeah, that's right. And I could say the same about my dad, to be honest. I'm pretty... Mm -hmm. I mean, he hasn't been diagnosed and he'll never be diagnosed because he's... Well, I would say he's a narcissist. I think you'd probably know... You probably know enough about him to say that he's a narcissist as well. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) I think he's got some sort of personality disorder. And what's his vice? Drinking. And then... And, and that just makes it completely yeah. worse. He, his tempers are out of control. He gets this sense of self-righteousness and it just gets worse and worse and worse the more he drinks. And the more he becomes addicted, obviously. So yeah, it's a slippery slope. So all in all, as a roundup to this whole conversation, are we saying that narcotics and mental health do have links, but it does depend mm-hmm. on other factors, such as how much you uh, work on your mental health anyway and keep your like happiness levels what kind of social circle you have and Mm -hmm. whether they're fruitful, fulfilling social circles, whether you have pre-existing mental health issues or Mm -hmm. inherited mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Also, it depends what drug. Yeah. Of course, because some have higher addiction potential Mm -hmm. to others. And some can also alleviate mental health difficulties, I believe. And scientific research has also... said in some circumstances and obviously how much you take as well Mm -hmm. yeah sometimes you can't tell it lies kind of beneath the surface there's this happy kind of veneer or mask um but really what lies beneath is kind of using drug to the wrong i think any everything in moderation because i think we have a tendency to try and kind of mask over our mental health problems with I don't know, other with substances perhaps, or with, I don't know, with people. Some people become addicted to people mm. with organising. <laughs> yeah, with organising, with whatever. <laughs> Times it needs an outlet. And people, like, it's hard to realise that you need multiple outlets mm. rather than just the one when you are going through that mental health issue. So yeah, then I guess... Why. I I guess it's almost like, okay, well, this is... It's like when you said people getting addicted to people, it's like, you know, when someone is addicted to being around someone and alleviating all their problems on them, it's exactly the same as if they were it was a narcotic and they mm. were just like, this is how I deal with this. And then I don't need to talk to anyone else about it. Mm, mm. It's a coping mechanism, but it's an unhealthy one because they're not using it in moderation. They're no. using it for every situation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that's an addiction, and addiction isn't healthy. So yeah, I guess you, I guess as you said, like it's good to have a kind of range of different coping mechanisms, perhaps for different situations, and then you've got something, something to kind of go to when you're feeling a certain way. Because I guess it depends on your mental health issue as well. Would you say to anyone that takes narcotics and is going through mental health issues? that they would need to stop taking the narcotics in order to solve their mental health issues. I wouldn't say that, no. Mm-hmm. Because I think if the narcotics are affecting them in a negative way that is impacting their ability to do normal things that constitute life, then perhaps they need to take a step back and have a think about how that drug is affecting them. And, and if they're using it, in a way that is dangerous and that isn't actually beneficial to them. And they may, yeah, and perhaps, yeah, as again, using it as a vice. But if they're using it in moderation, but and it's not affecting their mental health, I don't really see the problem. You should be allowed to take drugs for your leisure. And I don't think that if you take a drug once, it's going to ruin your life or your mental health. In fact, it could help. But yeah. again, it depends what drug. 
Thanks to everyone for listening to that conversation. I really loved this one because it's a topic that doesn't have so many fine lines. Like, it's it's definitely a great argument to have where so much can be discussed and debated in so, so much further detail. Everyone's opinions on narcotics are very different, um, but I hope the opinions expressed in this podcast have been insightful to thinking about their potential links with mental health in both good and bad light. Uh, I just want to say a huge, huge thank you to everyone who's gotten in contact with me in the past few days regarding this project. Your bravery is so inspiring and amazing to hear and I can't wait for the contributions to all come in and these discussions, they're going to be so good. I'm so excited. You guys, you guys are amazing. Hopefully this is a small way in which we can make make like waves in mental health awareness like this hopefully these little little podcasts and all of our little discussions will be the little stones being thrown you know and remember to check out the just giving page and the blog for more about why i'm doing this project in the first place thanks again and stay smiling guys stay smiling